Welcome to the Daily Cron for Friday, March 15th, 2019. I'm Stephen Tolton. Today is probably going to be a little bit of a long one. I'm going to do a little bit of follow-up from yesterday's podcast about the Spotify and Apple situation, since Apple actually responded. But then I'm going to go into talking about some of my personal highlights from last night's Homie Awards down in Wilmington. I am going to attempt to put chapters into this episode, so if your podcast player supports that, you'll be able to just jump right to the homie stuff if you uh, want to. Otherwise, you know, you can just kind of tune out while I talk about programmery stuff for a few minutes here. But, uh, so yesterday I talked about, actually I set up, I recorded the podcast yesterday uh, early on in the day, because I knew it was going down to homies. And then, like, uh, yesterday, later in the day, Apple actually... Uh, released a statement about Spotify's claims that I talked about, which I didn't really expect them to do, but it's kind of cool they did. So I think they basically, I'll I'll link to this in the show notes, Uh, I think they basically talk about a lot of the same things I did, but, you know, more eloquently because they're, you know, Apple and this is their PR people. But, uh, I mean, they're also, I think, uh, Apple is a little bit of, taking a little bit of rhetorical sleight of hand because they don't address point by point everything that Spotify talked about. They do try to say that uh, Spotify claiming that they blocked access to their products and updates their app is not true, that they work with them, that they um, they have only requested adjustments when Spotify tries to sidestep the rules. And I, I agree with that. That's my impression, too, of Spotify and that they probably do it. But what they don't what they don't acknowledge, what I think is the underlying issue, is that uh, the App Store review guidelines really are inconsistently applied. And so the fact that Spotify has you know a lot of a lot of uh, bull crappy <laughs> stuff in their original statement and the fact that they that that, that whole their whole um you know fight they're picking here with uh Apple and uh with the uh European Commission here is very self-serving doesn't take away from the fact that there is an issue there and at least we're talking about it much more openly now but i think it was uh Mac stories maybe when i first saw this maybe Federico Petici when I, I think when i said this first that by making this a whole legal thing with the European Commission, uh, Spotify a- is now creating a situation where the the situation is going to be out of the hands of both Spotify and Apple. You know, they could they could end up forcing legal, uh, you know, restraints on them or legislative, you know, restraints on Apple and Spotify. They could affect both their businesses, and now it's going to be kind of outside their control. So I don't know. I feel like poking the bear here maybe wasn't the smart thing to do from Spotify's perspective, but uh, we'll see. I can't speak to the legality of anything that Spotify brought up uh, or that Apple defends either because that's not uh, my area. But I will say that uh, Apple claiming that, you know, uh, that they don't actually block updates of their app, I think that's generally true. I don't think they, they do it out of malice anyway. They do have a little note in here where they say, they reached out to Spotify about Siri and AirPlay 2 support on several occasions, and they told us they're working on it, and we stand ready to to help them where we can. That was a quote from the Apple piece. And that's a little, <laughs> that's really, that's really um, not 100% like truthful. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it's truthful they reached out about those, those things, those um, frameworks, but the, the point is there is no Siri intent for doing audio like Spotify for anybody. And I think I said this yesterday and AirPlay two is not a direct substitute. Now you can use Siri shortcuts to 
you know, audit to like set up a playlist or something you can play with a voice command, but it's not the same thing as you can get with Apple Music where you can just ask it to play any album that, you know, assuming, assuming Siri can understand your, your voice, which you know, constantly misunderstands me when I try to do um, albums. But, you know, you can basically request anything from the catalog, whereas uh, Siri shortcuts are restricted. You can't do that. You can only request things that were, that were pre-programmed, essentially, that you set up as a user. And AirPlay 2 is great and all, and you can use that on the HomePod, and you could stream from your device to the HomePod or, some, or to Apple TV or something, but that's not, you know, it's not the same thing as having more deep integration, the same level that Apple Music gets. So I think Spotify has a fair point about that. Uh, okay, Apple continues and says, that Spotify wants all the benefits of free app without being free. <clears throat> so uh, Apple claims 84% of the apps in the App Store pay nothing to Apple when you download or use the app. Uh, and then they go into a list of saying it, that's not discrimination as Spotify claims because it's by design that uh, apps that are free aren't charged by Apple. Apps that earn revenue exclusively through advertising don't, you know, take a 30% cut. Apple app business transactions where you sign up for purchase for digital purchases outside the app, which is what Spotify does. You have to go to their website to sign up for premium. They don't get the 30% cut uh, when they sell physical goods. They don't get it either, including ride hailing. So I think Spotify brought up the ride hailing thing. Like, why does Uber not get charged 30% for stuff? Because it's ride hailing. And Apple, for whatever reason, makes an exception for ride hailing and food delivery services and some other ones. Uh, but, uh, and they go on to say Apple is claiming that, you know, they do the only digital goods and services purchased inside the app using their secure in-app purchase system. So basically Apple's saying, like, we provide you the secure system and that we take 30% for the first year of an annual subscription and then 15% after that. And that the majority of their customers use uh, use uh, Spotify's free product, which makes you know no gives no money to Apple. And uh, they also point about Spotify's partnerships with mobile carriers that bring in their that bring in um, revenue that doesn't go to Apple, and uh, and Spotify's asking for like zero money to go to Apple, basically, and they don't think that's fair because. Apple's providing this ability for, you to, for Spotify to connect to users by the platform and everything. Basically, what I said, like, it is true. The App Store is providing a platform. It is providing mechanisms to do all the, do the sales and that kind of thing. <clears throat> but what they don't, what Apple's not addressing here is, is that 30% cut for the first year or that 15% cut later, is that a fair amount? Because a lot of developers don't agree that it's fair. And in a different environment where there was competition in the App Store space, would you would that be lower? Probably, but would the downside of that be worse? Would you know you end up with potentially insecure stores and such and software that can't be relied upon? So I don't know. But that's that's more of the debate. The yes, Spotify's self serving when they talk about like, oh, we don't want to give you thirty percent. That's why we we can't integrate with your system and it's unfair. Uh they have a point though, as I said before, that Apple's not addressing here. The Apple music comes in at ten bucks a month. And if Spotify wants to compete they are essentially, uh, if because they have to use the in-app purchase, they are essentially uh, having like a 30% tax that the competitor and the owner of the platform doesn't have. That, I think, is a valid point. Apple does not address that here. Of course, they're not going to adjust that here. <clears throat> uh, and then they go on to say that all this really has to do with, spot with, um, with music and how Spotify is aiming to make money off of others' work. And it's and they bring in the uh, the way that Spotify, Apple's claiming, is trying to squeeze artists, musicians, and songwriters because they were sued music creators after a decision by the U.S. Copyright Royalty Board required Spotify to increase royalty payments. So basically, Spotify's trying to fight increased royalty payments, and Apple's not, and so they're claiming that this is part of that pattern of Apple just trying not to pay people. 
I don't know. I I avoided that whole line of reasoning last time because I feel like that's not the point that I care about as much. I mean, I care about it, but I feel like it's a it's a side issue because our legitimate issues with the way the App Store works it affects everybody, regardless of whether you have a um, product that has anything to do with music. And I think those issues, some of those issues, are legitimately brought up by Spotify's, um, you know, bringing attention to them even if they're kind of buried underneath a lot of self-serving stuff. So this is a a response from Apple. It's definitely, in its own way, self-serving and selective and definitely tries to to, um, skew it in Apple's favor and avoids uh, really some of the hairier issues that are underneath all this that I think the developer community has been bringing up on its own for years. Uh, But the fact that Apple even had to bring this up, had to make a public statement so quickly, I think just uh, makes it clear that this is a, a big deal uh, because they they're going to the, to the European Union because Spotify is you know going to the European Union about this because they're they're making this into a legal issue. That, however, this shakes out, uh, it may end up being a big deal for all of us who develop on the platform. So I'm I'm going to continue keep an eye on it. If you want to read uh, their Apple's claim, make your own make up your own mind about about this. I'll link to that and I'll link again to. Uh, to the the timeline from Spotify, so you can compare the two. Okay, so that is it for that particular follow-up. I thought there was something else I wanted to follow up today, but I forgot, so oh well. Okay, so now we're going to go through the Homie Awards highlights from my perspective. Everybody has their own highlights. I'm sure I missed some amazing things. Uh, I was kind of running around. I was taking some photos during the day, and I was spending time with my friends, and I was also ended up in like hallway conversations around the venue a little bit with people. So I didn't see everything that happened the whole time. But uh, these are my highlights. So first off, getting there was slightly of a challenge because I had to leave around 5.30, uh, Three of us were going down uh, in two separate cars. So two of us left Jenkintown around, you know, 5.30, 5.45, I said. And then we had to go through rush hour traffic, of course, to get all the way down to Wilmington because I'm north of the city. So you have to go all the way through the city and it's super painful. So we ended up being late, and uh, and then there was a line to get in the door because uh, they're they're I feel like they need to streamline their online ticketing system because it looked like they had to type in like a lot of us had our uh, had our barcoded um, tickets, but they had to like type them in by hand and then print out paper tickets for some reason for us, and then we had to go to the door and get a bracelet. It was just a little bit inefficient, but that's a minor quibble. <clears throat> by the time we got in there, we thought we had already were already missing after set, but it turned out that because the Homie Awards was a little late, uh, it all worked out. So I got we got there in time to see Ejos and Sparrows. So there was three things <clears throat> that I wanted to see there. I wanted to see Ejos from the Sparrows. I wanted to see Lonnie and Serena. And I wanted to see Darnell Miller's set because I wanted to introduce um, uh, Lonnie and Serena and Darnell Miller, their music, to my friends who are not as familiar with them. Uh, and so, uh, and of course, because we're super fans of Ed, we wanted to be there for him. So that was good that we did make it in time to see a set, which is awesome. The electric, the full electric power trio, Ejos from the Sparrows, is always amazing to see. So that was a really good time. Had my secret Ejos from the Sparrows t-shirt on underneath my nice clothes. Um, and it eventually came out by the end of the night. There may even be a photo of me somewhere floating around. I don't know. I think I caught another photographer maybe shooting me when I was sitting there. I don't know if that was me or there was just someone in behind me. Could have been either way. Uh, but... If I was them, I probably would have tried to take a picture of the person with the musician's t-shirt underneath their nice things that was peeking out. I, I would have done that. So I wouldn't be surprised if I'm in a photo somewhere. And if not, then 
maybe even better because I hate photos of myself. <laughs> I know, ironic, because I'm, I'm a photographer. But anyway, so it was great to get there on time to see Ed. To see the, the full electric band up there on stage was last year was just him alone doing acoustic stuff, which is cool, but it's not the same experience, especially especially with some of the songs I did. So it was a short set, but it was fun. I took some photos, good time, and then Ed disappeared to the backstage, <laughs> never to be heard of until he came out again later for to deliver some uh, like the best alternative song award. So we didn't get to see Ed for the rest of the night. But I heard he was keeping busy in the back helping people out, and that's always great because uh, he's a super uh, nice guy. And uh, so, good on you, Ed. Uh, so that was uh, that was fun to see them. And then um, I guess the ne- next thing on my list here is the Nalania and Serena video <laughs> mishaps. So I'll, I'll have some Nalania and Serena. <clears throat> I guess they they won like big tonight. <laughs> they won like four things tonight, and. But 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 earlier in the day they 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 were supposed to perform and they were one of the three acts that I said I wanted my friends to see, but of course they couldn't because Serena got the flu, <clears throat> and it's apparently pretty bad flu, like completely no no vocals available kind of flu, and you don't want to mess with your vocals when you're especially when you're as talented a musicians and singers as they are you do not want to mess with your vocals so totally understandable you're sick that's fine. But what they tried to do instead is they were going to play um, the, a music video that they did together for one of their, their songs. And the first time they tried to play it, oh my god, the first time I play, tried to play it, it looked like it was playing normally, but their vocals, their voices sounded like the Chipmunks, you know, like, like the Chipmunk record? And it, like, the, like the actual Chipmunks, if you're old enough to remember them? Yeah, it was, it was a higher pitched, it was very funny, it went on for a couple minutes, or like a minute, <laughs> and, then, and then it got shut down, like, and then... And Mark was like, "That's not representative of their, uh, of their their vocals." And everybody laughed, and it was funny. Was okay, but then later they tried to do it again. They tried to play it again after they thought they fixed whatever technical issue. And this time, I think it came out like slow mo, <laughs> so they gave up after that. But what's really funny is that so they they played tried to play the video twice, and it failed uh, hysterically actually. But then they actually end up winning best music video later so it was almost uh, it could have been intentional if they had planned it it would have been funny because it was like you know how jokes come in three it was kind of like they set it up and then they ended up winning best video i think for a different video than the one we were going to see but still very funny that it worked out that way uh so the they uh and i guess i'll just i'll just combine my my nalani and serena sections here in my notes i i really love them their their music is cool i think it's uh probably targeted towards a little bit younger people than I am, like people who are more just coming out of college or something now, at least some of their recent songs, but I like them. They're amazing musicians, like multi-instrumentalists, uh, great singers, great uh, stage um, craft, like uh, performance, and uh, I've only had the opportunity to see them live a few times, including at one of the Homie Awards, and uh, you know, I, and I've, I've only done a little bit of photography of them when I've seen them before. And they are just uh, amazing. So I highly recommend checking out their albums and, and checking them live if you can. I, I, they seem to be in New York a lot more, I guess. <clears throat> you know, New, York, New York's cooler than Philly, <laughs> I guess. But it's, uh, they're, they're really cool. And I've loved watching them develop over the years. Uh, and, they, and it was, uh, let's see, uh, Nalani actually went up and talked a little bit about it during one of her acceptance speeches and how important this community was to them. And, you know how the and the, how they ended up, you know, headlining the Ladybug Festival and and everything. How they've grown over the years, and uh, yeah, so they're very cool people. Now, I I also 
Now, they're also twins, if you don't know anything about them. Like, identical twins. I learned, though, tonight, or last night, when, uh, when they were being introduced at one point, and it was said that one is right-handed and one is left-handed. I did not know that, and that's actually like one of those charming little tidbits that I, I believe will forever be quoted about them. It'll be in like every article about them. <laughs> it must be, if it's not. Cause it's like a perfect thing for, a, uh, for an article about them. Um, but that's actually pretty fun. Uh, but they're twins. I, I'm a twin, too, so I always have like a little bit of a special uh, appreciation for twins. Now, I'm not an identical twin, though. I have a twin sister. Um, so I, w- I look at Nalani and Serena, like, that's really cool, because they could have actually done the real parent trap thing. Like, when I was a kid, I couldn't do the parent trap thing, because I looked terrible in a wig, so it just really wouldn't work out. But they probably could have pulled it off. I wonder if they ever did. That would be, that would be something. They were trying to do a parent trap, because when I was a kid, like, I don't know about you, I guess they're younger than me, so maybe they don't remember the original parent trap, which was a good movie, by the way, the good version. <clears throat> um... The uh, uh, the original Parent Trap, I, was, I always thought that would have been fun if I could have pulled that off, but, you know, I didn't have a, a brother. And again, I said, the wigs just don't work for me, so. Never attempted it myself. Uh, so, anyway, that's, uh, so Nalian here are great. They won, like, all the awards. Uh, best, uh, what did they win? They win, they won, uh, oh yeah, they won Artist of the Year this year, which is awesome. And, like, won, actually, I have the whole list here. Uh, I'll link to the list so you can look at it, so I'm not just reading it to you. But they won all the awards. It was fun. <clears throat> Did not get to see them perform, obviously, but it was still a good time. Uh, okay, so the best, the best acceptance speech, award for best acceptance speech, goes to uh, Sarah Furlong for the Cages uh, of Cages. She won. One, one of the awards she won was like, I don't, remember, I don't know which one it was. One of them was always just very profanity-laden, uh, fun speech. Like, she's Irish, or Irish accent, so... It was it was like a bunch of uh, uh I don't know it was it was a bunch of like Irish <laughs> Irish profanity it was it was charming and not and it sounds worse than it is like describing it as profanity laden it's it was a very charming thing the the way that you can you can uh, you can get away with certain kinds of uh, cussing as it were when you have a, when you have an accent you know in front of a you know primarily like American accent audience like she got away with it and it was hilarious and uh, and charming. And it was really cool. And I uh, also there, the band is <laughs> friend of mine, friend of mine afterwards was like, she, he said he can never understand, he can't understand how to spell their name. And how, because the, the band's called, I think cages, but it's like spelled like, like C V G E S. It's like the, the, was it Gaelic or something? I guess vibe going for it. I don't Gaelic. I don't know what I'm talking about, but the, the letters are not, are, it's like a upside down a or something. Anyway, it's uh, it, it does. It, it is kind of hard to understand how to pronounce if you're just like an ignorant uh, English speaker like I am. So anyway, <laughs> but it's a cool band, uh, and her speech was awesome, and her the performance that they did up on stage was awesome too. And I think I got a good photo of that actually. It's not going to be in the show notes or anything, but it was a good photo. I'll publish it later. Uh, moving on. So there were. I think a few winners maybe that weren't necessarily there to take their award, but my favorite uh, missing in action winner last night was Ron DiVocestro. He was a friend of mine, uh, and he won again for best producer. Uh, He wasn't present because I think he he was doing a gig or something, but uh, he's an awesome guy, and uh, the one twice was really fun. And the I don't I don't remember who was who was actually giving out uh, who was making the announcement, but I didn't quite get his name right. 
which is understandable because I've known him for years and I still, as you just heard, I still can't quite pronounce his name. I have no idea why. It's not that hard. <laughs> Everybody always screws it up, at least the first few, the first time. So anyway, but he he wasn't there, but it's awesome that he won. And uh, you should definitely check out his podcast, though. He's on a podcast with a couple other awesome dudes called The Musician's Guide to the Music Industry. And I'll link to their Facebook page, which it should be publicly accessible. I didn't find like a regular web page, but I'll link to that. So you can learn about them and subscribe, especially if you are a musician or in the musician industry adjacent. They have a lot of excellent advice because they are like for real professionals. So that's awesome. So it's cool to see Ron win. Uh, My little section, my friends, we were like, yeah, Ron. And there's some other people there, the new Ron. So he's well known. But it was fun. But we had had the the Jenkintown cheer section because although Ron does no longer lives, Technically, in Jenkintown, he will forever be an honorary Jenkintonian in my my book. <clears throat> so the J-Town contingent was uh, out in force last night. So, uh, uh, okay, another another awesome thing last night was uh, Greg Sover. <clears throat> okay, let me talk about Greg Sover for a minute. Greg Sover won Best Rock Song and Guitarist. And he is one of my favorite musicians uh, uh, of this scene because his music is right up my alley. And... Uh, he and Darnell and their their two albums last year too, like the, his Greg Sover's um, Jubilee's album, Darnell Miller's uh, Jesus and Jameson EP. Uh, those are I just play them to death, and so emotional is the best the best rock song you want. I can't even count how many times I've been I play that song. I play it all the freaking time, even today. It's on my like main playlist. Comes up all the time. Love that song to death. Uh, and he is an amazing guitar player. And the funny thing is, I met Greg, uh, I believe, when he played Jenkintown once. It was a few years ago. Uh, I didn't book him, but I was part of the group that helped organize that event. So I was there, and that's where I met him. And I, I do, I think I distinctly remember going up to him, and I was like, you know, I went up to him, I was like, this is awesome! <laughs> I was so excited that they had, like, these these really, really talented, like, guitar, you know, blues guitar player here and was i was so excited by by the type of music he was playing and i guess it rubbed off because he remembered me he right <laughs> that's, that's awesome um yeah i love uh greg uh greg sober's music and he's a super uh cool guy got to talk with him a little bit before he left which is great uh i didn't have an opportunity yeah i didn't have an opportunity to introduce him to my friends but uh he's a cool guy so i hope i get to see him perform again soon because it's been a long long time and every time he comes up on my like calendar of potential events it's just something doesn't quite work out so i gotta i gotta try to fit him in there because damn if i don't love a, a greg sober performance <clears throat> okay so the the other uh, as i said earlier i wanted to see ed nalani and serena and then darnell so because nalani and serena couldn't perform uh couldn't see them that's fine but darnell miller was last and this was a little bit of a problem for us <laughs> because we had to get home like we had an hour drive home and uh, you know, it was like a school night and there were, you know, my, you know, there were, there was, um, a babysitter involved and needed to go home and that kind of thing. So we had to get home. We had kind of a, a tight deadline. We we're already pushing it at the end of the night, but Darnell's Miller set, we could not leave without seeing at least some of that set. And I was like, I'm not going to leave. I put my foot down. I put my foot down. I was like, you guys have to see Darnell. You have to see Darnell perform. He won, uh, the artist of the year last year. And and so Darnell, I met 
I think I yeah I met him at a at the grape room upstairs at one of the final Got Songs events that John Fay put on. I'd never gone to any of those Got Songs events, and I was like, I gotta go to it because they're ending, and I heard great things, and I and I know John, he's an he's an awesome dude, and so I went up there, and I remember seeing him play, and I was like, holy crap, who who are they? who is this guy? Like just uh the vocals the emotion the soulfulness of it the playing like mm, it's just darnell miller performance is so special it really really is and uh i remember after that i actually drove down to wilmington i think it was shortly after that for his ep release show that you know and i you know i didn't i didn't know him <laughs> until like that one night and we i think we only knew each other like for like an hour a couple hours at that show and but i went down there and actually um shot his show at his EP release show, I brought my camera. I brought, and there's some other photographers there, but I just brought my camera and I shot a show. And I, I'm like so honored. He ended up really liking the photos I took from that. Uh, so I met him at the door as we we're going into the the event tonight. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, I got, he's like, I got two questions for you. Something like, uh, uh, how how you doing? And like, do you have your camera? It's, it's like literally the second they asked me if I have a camera. So yes, I did. I did uh, go up there and take a bunch of shots of his set. And I don't know how many of them are going to come out okay but i think i got at least a few decent shots and i will um go through them and publish them but uh more importantly i got to see most of his set <clears throat> unfortunately i had to leave at the tail end of it because i was i was like we were really pushing it <laughs> to get home but it was amazing amazing in fact uh i one of the photos i took is actually the cover art for this particular podcast episode um and darnell is ugh, man i just can't i can't say enough great things about darnell super nice guy uh it's like a teacher if you follow him on instagram you'll get to see all kinds of uh cool insights into his uh to his music and teaching i remember i've seen that uh he and i said his he is an incredible he's incredible vocals and soulful lyrics and guitar playing and stage presence he's just really fun to watch he was a that that last set was electric and i don't just mean because electric guitars but it was a showstopper of a set it was amazing, and I guess if he did that this year, because he was a winner last year, I guess Nalani and Serena will be in that spot next year if if, if the pattern holds, and they're gonna have they're gonna have a lot to live up to because that was just a killer killer set. I, I'm disappointed I got lot, I, I had to miss the last few minutes, but what I did get to see was totally worth the price of admission <laughs> for last night. So if you've never seen um, uh, Darnell's stuff or heard his stuff, obviously uh, check out the Jesus and Jesus Jesus and Jameson EP. And, uh, and as I said, he and Greg Sober's album were two of my favorite things from last year that I like, they're in my wheelhouse of the type of music that I love the most. And so that's why, you know, those two bands along with Ed, you know, Ejos and Sparrows are always in my, my constant rotation because that's like my kind of music, uh, as well as all of them being super cool guys. Uh, so, uh, I think that's, that's it for my highlights for the day. I had some, uh, cool hallway conversations with people. It's a little strange. Uh, it's a little strange for me that like I'm walking around occasionally, like going out the hallway, like go to the bathroom or something, or check my cell signal. Because by the way, this 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 venue is like a Faraday cage for T-Mobile anyway. Like I could not get any signal. But anyway, <clears throat> I would walk around there and then and someone would like walk by and recognize me. I'm like, what? I'm like, hi, how you doing? I'm like, really? Uh, hello. It was it was it's kind of cool. Like uh uh, I don't know. I don't think I'm all that recognizable or anything, but. Uh, it's nice. It's nice to be to, to to be recognized in one of these things. 
I guess I'm still so used to my life not too long ago, only a few years ago, where, you know, I didn't really go out or anything <laughs> or know anybody, you know, for the most part. Um, so when someone at like an event like this recognizes me and takes the time to just come up to me and say hello and say, how, how you doing? And, and, and talk about stuff. And especially when they, you know, they say nice things about the photos that I published last year. That's, that's really, uh, amazing to hear that, uh, that people enjoy that stuff, that they get some, some pleasure and some value from, from that work. Uh, and it was really, so it was really nice. It was really special to, to have those little side conversations at the event, completely unplanned and just, uh, you know, serendipitous. And so that was really cool. I took some cell phone photos of some people that I've seen uh, floating around. Cause, cause when you're, <laughs> when you're the photographer and uh, you're, you're talking to somebody like in the hallway, right. And then another person that you both know it comes up or another person comes up and they want to, you know, they didn't come up, not necessarily talk to me <laughs> when another person comes up and they want to, you know, like they, they, they notice the person you're talking to. And then they like, you know, they start talking and then they want to do a selfie and you're the, you're the photographer there. It's like, Oh, well, they immediately hand you the phone. It's very funny. Happened to me multiple times. Yes. Yesterday. <laughs> it was just, it was just like, Oh, th- so the, here, here's how it goes down. Like there, <laughs> it's me and another person talking person person uh second person comes over uh starts talking to the person i'm talking to and then uh you know we'll call them person a and b so then person a and b are like oh let's let's get a selfie and then they immediately just take their phone out and hand it to me <laughs> it's it is funny and i'm perfectly willing and happy to take a photo for people but uh i appreciate that apparently uh, i have enough of a reputation of the fact that i had a giant camera on my hip maybe is gave it away so they give me the camera, and, and you know it's just like the standard camera app, and it's just and I, I just try my best, given the circumstances, just to frame it decently and make sure it's sharp and take a few extra pictures for safety. And that's that's funny. It's the life of a photographer. Any kind of event like this, just so you know, if you get into this kind of thing and you start as a hobby or try to do it professionally, even you, if you go out there and you start taking photos of events, uh, eventually people will figure out you're the photographer, and if your photos are at all okay. You know, then they're going to be asked to take <laughs> selfie photos all the time, which is good. Actually, it's good practice. If you want a good selfie photo, you really want somebody else to take it with the back camera on your phone because that is a much better camera. It's going to be a faster lens on there. It's going to be a bigger sensor. You're going to get a higher, higher quality, especially in a low light scenario. So that's a photography tip for you. Do ask the, someone else to take your selfie photos for you if you want the best possible um, photos. Uh, so was that I don't think there's a whole lot else. I I got home pretty late. Not it was like almost midnight. I mean it's pretty late for a Thursday, and there's like and there was like probably like three hours worth, two and a half hours worth of driving all in there. So, but it was totally worth going down there. I had a lot of fun. My friends had a lot of fun too. Um, and it was a really cool time. I I just want to do a uh, want to do a I see a special special shout out to uh, Mark Rogers for. You know, just being the amazing supporter of local music that he is for his show, for the Homie Awards, you know, the the helps, you know, organize that he puts on here and being a great MC throughout the night. Uh, I mean, damn, man, that 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 man's voice is like a radio announcer quality voice in person, too. It's not just on the radio like it doesn't just make the you know, some people I think can. They they can get into like a, a a separate kind of voice when they're on a podcast or on a radio or something. 
nope, he just sounds like he's just this amazing radio host all the time. It's it's really it's, it's really cool. Uh and uh, he's a super sweet guy too, but all the work he's done in the local music community, it inspires me. It really does. I mean, I live I don't know, you know, I'm not in from the Wilmington area or anything and I only can hear his radio show online. Uh and I didn't know him until uh the Homie Awards when, you know, I was introduced to him. And uh I think actually I, I think I had more FaceTime with Mark when I was at Darnell Miller's original EP release show. That's probably where I like for real met him, per se. And he was super nice then. He's just he's been a great person. I I I'm glad I got a chance to say hello to him. Uh introduce my friends to him because I, I do find his, to I do find Mark's work to be uh inspiring. And uh he 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 gives me a he provides, he's a role model, that's the word I'm looking for, he's a role model for me. <laughs> there's there's several people in the community that I really look up to uh, for, for different things. I look, uh, Dan Williams is one of them who was unable to do the photography for this one because he had, he had a work thing, so he wasn't there this time, but Dan Williams is a, as a photographer is a big influence on me, and uh, Mark Rogers is another big influence on me because of his tireless support of the local music community, and it makes me feel like... I want to do more. So thank you very much, Mark, for, for putting on the Homie Awards. And also, also a uh, shout-out to Jeremy Hebel and the Gable Music Venture folks for, you know, they, they organize this event. They organize uh, Ladybug Festival and some other some other stuff. They're also huge, amazing supporters of local music in the um, area, which I think includes up here in, in the Philly area, too. So also great. Uh, great people, and uh, of course, all the amazing musicians that were there. I, I can't name all of them. I don't, and uh, I'm terrible at names to begin with. Thank God I have a uh, the, the cheat sheet of the winners list in front of me, so I even knew that much. But the the all the artists there were amazing. The venue people, they were good too. Uh, everything about the night was fun. So. Uh, I think that's it. It's been pretty long. That was my rambling take on the, I guess, 13th annual Homie Awards, it says here. Yeah. It was a good time. Can't wait for next year. Have a great weekend, everybody, and I will talk to you uh, next week. Later.